Lisa Ann here with another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. I am looking forward to spending some time with you too. We're going to start off with a little catch up. We've got some things to share, some adventures to discuss. Then I'm joined by a guest and I'm getting such a great response of the conversations that I'm getting to have with friends. And I'm excited to get to introduce you all to some of the friends I've met along the way that maybe you don't even really know about. That's the mystery of me. I keep my lives very, very private. And uh, what you know is what I put out there. But now you're getting it all right here on my podcast. And if you're enjoying getting it all, don't forget to subscribe. And also, can you rate the podcast for me? Maybe write a little review. If you have good thoughts, share them. Why not? Let's talk about what I have been up to and my quest to test is real. So what I mean by this is for almost 30 years of my life, I tested on the regular for work, whether it was for work or the fact that I worked too much in one week and I wanted to test again, I was constantly testing and waiting for that email to get another test. So when I realized that COVID tests are now available for us through our insurance and through different platforms, you may want to look into your insurance. You go on and fill out a couple of things. They ship the test to you. You take the test at home and you ship it back. So I got my first test last week. I took it. You may have seen. I shot a video of it. I put it on my Facebook, which is T-R-L-A official. The real Lisa Ann official. Yeah, it's the best I could do. Somebody already took Lisa Ann 10,000 times. I couldn't fight for it anymore. So we're back to this. And I took the video of me taking the test, swab up the nostril. You put in this little tube. Tube has some fluid in it, like a gel-like substance that the Q-tip goes right into, seal it up, send it back. It was about a 72-hour turnaround from the time that I took the test, got it shipped out, and got my results, which I thought was really awesome. My test came back negative. I'm going to continue to do this. And one of the things that inspired this is I'm getting ready to travel in two weeks. If you follow me on social media, you've seen me aggressively promoting my walk to end Alzheimer's, which I do every year in Huntington Beach, California. This year, the walk comes on Saturday, October 3rd. It's going to be a little bit different this year, a bit social distance, but it's going to be outside of the beach as we always walk. And it's such a great event. And while I'm there, I definitely want to visit some friends. So I thought, you know, if I'm going to start to be around people, it's not a bad idea to take advantage of getting these tests sent to me at home and starting to test. So now that I've done it once, of course, I'm hooked and I'll be doing it on the regular. I think it's important we all just stay in this need to know place. And I know... It's great for all of us to have this kind of curiosity about how all of this works. It's a really easy process. So I am living the same quest to test. With that said, a new adventure comes my way. Just about a month ago, I was thinking how much I'd really enjoy being a part of a show like South Park. I've always watched South Park and laughed. It's always got such great current events and great celebrity appearances and what they do with those appearances to make your just mind tricked into the fact that it's them. And wouldn't you know, out of a lucky interaction through a mutual friend, Christian, I meet Enzo. And we had this lovely night out. We were all sitting outside at Bryant Park Cafe, and then it started pouring, and then we got soaked. And then we decided to stay out and walk around in the city. Why not? You're already wet. Who cares? And through that exchange, I was introduced to Toonstar. And Toonstar is an animation partnership that I have now going with 
Doc Gallows, Big LG, Carl Anderson, Machine Gun, and Rocky Romero. And let's not forget Enzo Amore. You may have seen me drop this on my social media. This is going to be really fun. I love my character. And at the same time, I was thinking how cool it would be to do this. It just kind of came to me. That's how New York has been for me. I seem to get out and meet people and magical things happen. So I'm really excited to be a part of this. You're going to get more information for now. The best place for you to go is at the real gimmicks on Instagram. This is where we're going to start to slowly drop out and unfold the layers of all of this. But my character is amazing. I love her. Her name is Lisa Animation. I mean, how could you not do animation when it's Lisa Ann? I just was kind of stuck on stupid with that. But I think it's uber cute. I think you're really going to enjoy this. I'm excited to be a part of it. So fun to have some fresh and exciting things going on and also fun to be getting ready to take another trip out to California, see some friends and take part in another year walking for the end of Alzheimer's. Now, today, guest, yes. Ask Lisa Ann, yes. All of the things that you love, I'm bringing to you. And in this conversation that I'm about to have with a girlfriend of mine that's in the industry, a very free thinker, you're going to really enjoy our conversation, our time. And then don't worry, we follow up with the wild ride. That's right. Ask Lisa Ann at gmail.com. Do you want to be involved? Do you have a good question? Maybe a dumb question? Maybe you're just going to send me what we know I get too much of, but that's okay because they make for very entertaining boom drops as the last email I choose is always like the most strange, just strange, just really, you wrote that out. You sent that from an actual email. Yes, you did. And I got it. I intercept it. And then I share it. That's what I do here for you. So today I'm sharing with you a friend that has had incredible timing in life. And I think it's due to her good karma. She's an independent thinker and really self-motivated. She's adventurous and she's creative. And those things intrigue me about any human. So let me intrigue you and introduce you to my friend, Alex Links, who you can follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Alex Links. Let me spell it the what you got t h e a l i x l y n x am i correct there alex you are correct and thank you for your very kind words that means a lot to me and i am honored to be here i'm excited it's great to see you as always and you know when i talk about the the, the kind of outline i put together I was really thinking about your timing so me uh, older than you, want to say to you, you being such an independent thinker, you entered the adult industry at a perfect timing where there's enough technology and you being so self-motivated that you're able to completely coexist doing your own thing on your own schedule. And I think, you know, for those of us who have done scenes in the business active, people only remember the scenes but we remember everything in between, right? The travel, the people we've met, the dinners we've had with total strangers that have been awesome, the trips. And one of the in-betweens was Alex went to the Super Bowl with me this year, 2020, before the world shut down in Miami. She went to every event with me except for the actual game itself. Um, and it was really cool being there with you because you got to see kind of the inside of you probably in me in the sense that you watched my my program. My program there was, it was there for a limited amount of time. All day was spent shooting content. 
And then I would go back into the hotel room while Alex and our friends would go out to dinner or do whatever. We eat something. I go back to the room and I would have to sort the content, which can take a couple of hours. Then I had to upload it to my editor was on the West coast, which worked out perfect. And then I would stay up and she would wake me up like every hour on the hour for me to check edits. And you got to kind of witness this. So from an outsider in how much of yourself did you see in me after taking that trip with me to Miami? A lot. (laughs) I, you know how I felt. I was like, Wow. It feels so good to be around someone who like a gets it and B B can show me how to do things because I also learned a lot and it was really cool to watch your entire process and also a newfound appreciation for your entire process because it's so much work and I knew it was a lot of work, but I didn't know it was that much work. And also, yeah, a lot, you know, because you're also independent thinker, very motivated, driven, you want to do a good job. And like, you know, I see like a type I'm the same way I like get things done immediately. You know, I like not a slacker. So it was a really cool experience. I'm grateful I got to go with you. And it also shows us like we can grind hard for those four or five days, then take a day or two to kind of relax. And, and another common ground that you and I have is your absolute love for nature. I love it so much. And in fact, it's just you know, you're, I'm in a city, you're in a city, we're on opposite coast, but I, and I've always, I grew up in the country and, uh, you know, I moved out to LA like six years ago to work and I'm always in and out working. And, and when all this stuff happened, um, with COVID and everyone had to get inside, it made me realize exactly how much I love nature and how much I missed it and how much I crave it. So really helped me, uh, hone in on what I want out of life. So it's been six years now since you moved to Los Angeles to get in the business. And was it a, a one-step process where you were searching out the business and you decided, okay, I have to move? Or did you go back and forth for a little while? I, I went back and forth. I knew the end game was to move to LA full time, but I did start slow because I like to, and it was a big step. I quit my job. I was wait, 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 job. What did you do before the adult business? <laughs> Everyone always likes to know what jobs we've had. Uh, Yeah, I was a PR. um, I was a public relations and marketing account executive. So I like I went to college, I got some degrees. I have my degree in broadcast journalism. I was handling clients for a PR firm. I was over it. I hated it. Quit that started webcamming. Anyways, LA was it was a little bit gradual. But like I said, the end game was always to move. So I was back and forth for maybe only just a couple of months. And then I just moved full time, pulled the trigger and just did it. Has there been anything that shocked you since you got to Los Angeles or since you got the business? Was there a visual that you had? I know for me, I think I got into the business when I was still very glamorous in the 90s. You have to understand we had craft food services. We had a different person that did your hair versus your makeup. There were wardrobe people there. So like, I feel like they ripped the Band-Aid off of me when Gonzo happened because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to bring my own shit. Like what? The way makeup artist doesn't want to do my hair or she can't, can't, she'll tell you I don't do good hair. Like, so did you have a visual that it was going to be more glamorous than it was? Yes. And also, and it's not like, like, look, I've always been a hustler. And like I said, I was webcaming. So I had that. That was really my, my thing. And then I was just doing scenes. I was doing scenes on top of that. But yeah, um, I thought there would be a lot more work. You cannot survive on just doing scenes and right. let's do everything. Right. Um, so I was just under a completely different perception of that. But, um, you know, I, I adjusted. I think everything worked in my favor because 
knowing that I was like, okay, well, in order to now, you know, I am doing porn now. I can't undo porn. Like it's out there. So I got to <laughs> like make the most of it. Yeah. And, and that's why I was like, well, I got to rely on myself and figure out how to do a bunch. So I just did a ton of content. So I own so many of my, I own hundreds of my own scenes because you know, when I wasn't booked, I was just shoot a scene myself. So here's another thing that really changed. When I got in the business, we used to rent these like sick houses. I mean, my first shoot was at a house that was up on this hill that when I walked through the moat, you had to go over a bridge, a moat went all the way around the house to the backyard where I'd be shooting my first scene. There was this trellis and it was just a swing, just looking over at the Hollywood sign. And I mean, the Hollywood sign was so big. The letters were like, you know, maybe, you know, I, they look larger than life because they were right there. It was probably maybe a quarter of a mile, just right over the mountain, right? It's right there. Wow. So when I took a little break and came back and Gonzo had happened and the internet had happened, I can remember going to houses and being like, God, I don't want to, I don't want to stay here for five minutes. They're like, oh, well, we only need to use, you know, the pool is really nice, right? The house is a shit show. It's disgusting. Uh, but yet they're going to sweep the pool area and light it. And by the way, when you watch that scene later, it looks glamorous. Okay. They do a very, they take every single dried plant from inside the house and carry it out. But I feel I have this warped vision because I've seen it every way. And I wonder what, you know, male and female performers coming into the industry now expect when they arrive. And then what do they think when they show up at like a location in Van Nuys that has like shit parking and you're like, my car may get jacked while I'm shooting this scene. <laughs> I, I wonder these things. I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty out of the loop because I like, like you said, I just, especially now, I mean, it's been six months. I've just been in my bubble producing. Well, I haven't been on the set, but right. totally. Yeah. I mean, it's not what it looks like all the time. <laughs> right, right. It's not. And so, you know, for you, I just feel like your timing, you really entered this world. It's such a great time where you can be creative, you can be on your own, and you can also use those creative juices that you get from this income that you're providing yourself, this money that you're saving to really chase your dream, which is actually music. And I want to know how you got involved with music. What exactly is your favorite? What do you love to do? What music do you search out? Talk to me about your love for music and where this began. Yeah, sure. So this is way back when I think this maybe it all started maybe like 10, 11 years ago, electronic music, rave, raving. Like it's not just about the party for me. It's about the whole culture. It's about the community. It's about the people for me. Before I got into porn, I was so drawn to it because it was a... Um, it would be like a night or a couple nights of a festival. But when it comes to like raves, it's like everyone is open-minded. Everyone is accepted. Yeah. Everyone yeah. is non, nobody judges anybody. Come as you are, dress how you want, be who you want to be. Nobody bats an eye. And that is why, because in porn, it's like that. So that's what I think really drew me to it and made me stay. And then also just the experience, the music, all of it. And it's just, I love it so much. And so I really got hooked when I was living in New York, like back in the day. I so much go, good music here. Yeah. Yes. And so, um, you know, it just, it was just something that always stuck with me. I have, I met some of my best friends in the world through music and, um, yeah, just electronic music is my, I love it so much. And so I don't know, I was listening to it since I was younger and, uh, my brother had always produced music since he was in high school and we went to a festival. I took him to his first festival, Electric Zoo. It was in New York. Okay. Years and years and years ago. Um, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. 
And uh, we were just watching the DJ and I looked at him and I was like, I feel like we could do this. And he and he's like, younger than you, right? Yeah, he's five years younger than me. Okay. And he's like, wait, we can because I make music. And I was like, yeah. And I'm like a marketing and branding. Like, that's what I do. And we're, we kind of looked at each other. We're like, okay, let's do this. So, I mean, it took a lot because you, when it comes to being an electronic music artist, like you have to, in order to be successful, in order to do well, you have to have the brand, you have to have the specific sound that's going to draw your specific people. Yeah. It looks a lot easier than it is. And I always joke, I'm like, had I known it would have taken this long, maybe about seven years to get to where we are now, which is just starting to pop off. I don't think I would have done this. But I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. It's just been, it's years of uncertainty of putting out a bunch of garbage and then you put out a good song and then it hits and then you get like hundreds of thousands of plays and then you're like, oh my God, I can do this. And we played a few festivals and we have, um, we have interest from some other bigger artists. And like I said, some things are starting to pop off now, kind of on pause due to COVID. But yeah, that's that's where my heart is. That's what I love to do. And I just love giving people a really gorgeous, curated, immersive experience. And that has always been my goal with music. I always wanted to give fans the experience that I had going to shows. Yeah, because I mean, I've been to EDC, I've been to the Electric Carnival in Vegas, I've been to a couple, I mean, I get it, it's a culture. It's it's a whole experience. So what part do you play in making the music? Instrument, voice? I do not make the music at all. It's a partnership, it's a business partnership. My brother and I have, he does all the music, I connect the dots, I do all the networking, I do all the marketing, I do all the branding, all the graphics, like pretty much everything except, and I run, you know, I do all the pay, all the business stuff. On sure. The sure. And I'm basically the manager also, because I don't want anyone touching my stuff. No, no, like, no, no, no. We don't roll like that. We don't, we no. don't, you and I do not roll like that. No, 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 no. No, no, you can talk to me directly or we're not talking. Yeah, okay? that's literally it. And it's like, there's so many people in the business that I see and it's like, yeah, they don't have business experience, which I get, but I do. I'm like, I don't need anybody to like take cuts of this when I know what I'm doing and just have to like figure it out along the way and learn, which I have. And it's working really well. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I can do this. It's also, you know, we're living in a world where people's mistakes come back to hurt them. Right. So recently, you know, I had a really good meeting with some, some people that I consider mentors of mine and sitting and talking. And I said, I'm starting to become afraid to connect myself to other people because what if, what if something comes out about this person and I'm retweeting for them or I'm doing events like, so now when people come to me and say, Hey, will you promote my products? Like, I, I just don't know you well enough. And I don't have the time to vet you and have somebody troll through t- 10 years of Twitter to see what kind of issue you may have that is going to come back and ruin my shit. And we have to really, for those of us who can manage our schedule, get it done. So let me ask you, have you ever used the music that maybe you don't think is a hit in your scenes, like as good background music? No, no I have this thing. Cause it's like, you know, I am doing this with my brother. I'm extremely, I get it of that. It's completely separated. I get it. I've had musicians ask me like, Hey, do you want to do a, like a, you know, they want like their porn star traditional, like moans in their music. I'm like, no, that's <laughs> objectifying me. And I don't roll that way. Yeah, I get it. You're keeping it separate, which is really smart. It's about peeling those layers and those layers off. So 
music is really the goal. Now, how much do you miss going to shows then? I mean, I, as I talk to friends of mine that like to do different things, everybody has something they miss more. Some of my friends are just so upset they can't go to football games this year. But my friends that are into music are telling me like the second I could go see something, I'm going. Yes. Feel the same? I, I miss it so much. It was like, it's like an escape. Um, you know, it's like, turn my brain off. Let me go frolic around and be silly with my friends for a few days. If I'm playing, it's very different. I don't, you know, I'm super sure. professional. I right. do my job and then I have the fun later, but it's all still fun. You know, mm -hmm. it's like when you're in, in porn, you go to set and you're there to do a job, but you're still having fun. It's, sure. it's that kind of vibe. And yes, I, I miss it incredibly. I'm going to be really excited, but I'm not, I'm not rushing out. There have been like some drive-in shows and everything. I'm not, I'm like, I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of in the same. Like, and I've been doing different music genres and just kind of getting into a different zone. Like once a week, I take Frank Sinatra with me on Pandora on my bike ride. And I just go out through the city and I just listen to old Frank. And it's just such a beautiful, crisp sound of music. You can understand every word and it just makes you feel happy. You're in New York and you're Frank Sinatra. It's like. You're right. And it just amazes me that having a little bit more time, like, yes, I'm always consuming sports information, but there was a time there was nothing. Music can take you to different places and make you feel different things. Remembering your friends, different times in your life, different styles in your life. Music can really transcend you. In, like so much, so much. It's crazy. You know, I mean, you, you're an actress too. I, you channel certain energies. I listen to certain music and I can like channel certain energies. If I'm filming a scene, I'll put on certain music. If I want to like channel a certain, a certain vibe, it's like, it's so cool. I love Yeah. It. Like if I want to get in a really good workout, which by the way, my gym is open one hour a day by appointment only, which is like the best shit ever right now. I get to have the gym myself, but that is when I want to listen to like hardcore rap music. I want to talk about gats, drugs, strippers yeah. oh, i don't know what it is but it just makes me pump so much more iron i can't be listening to frank sinatra at the gym you know what i mean like i'm gonna no. be like no nah. i'm like i'm listening to some crazy 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 stuff so Intro. this has been a unique time for the adult business and it's been a, and a unique time for everyone to find a way to pivot and some industries have the money for constant testing. You know, I'm seeing, you know, in Hollywood, they're doing testing every day. A friend of mine is going into a sports studio to do shows, they're doing testing every day, and then a full body scan of this machine. How are things for you? And how has it been testing regularly when you actually want to shoot? Oh boy, it's been, it's been challenging. I was just texting my friend earlier because it's, it's, uh, it's a lot. I, um, you know, I took six months. I didn't film anything with anybody. I'm just getting back into it. I'm only filming with a few hand-selected individuals who I know for sure that I can trust. Sure. And they have to have, get their COVID tests the night before. Okay. They're isolating the night before, coming straight to my house. And we're busting out three scenes. I have a guy that's coming. He's staying for like three days straight, not leaving the house. He's going to be tested and we're Smart. busting out like 10 scenes. I don't want to work that way, but I have to, to protect. Myself. Yeah. Because I think one of the things that most people don't realize it's in our head at all times is the risk factor. And each time you go to get a test, you know, so everyone knows it's listening as we get tested, of course, for HIV, for chlamydia, for syphilis, for hepatitis. And I've watched these change and evolve and get better over time. And I've fought for many of these things to get better. But what the average person doesn't realize that we go through mentally anguish wise is 
What if something does go wrong? And what if I do contract something that I can't step away from, you know, and there was a time in the industry where HIV was a death sentence. And now there are treatments and there are programs and there is so much we can be doing and it's no longer, but it's still a thought and a fear. And then you add in another layer with the virus, right? And, and you're young and you're healthy and, and most likely you get the virus and you'd power through, but it would be a miserable experience. It doesn't mean you can't get it again, but now you're adding on another step and another layer of worry. And, you know, when I used to go to give blood, Every time I'd walk in, I'd always say to the chicks that run, bring you up, you know, I'd always chat them up. It's always so nice at the testing centers, right? They make you feel so comfortable. And I would always say, just so you know, I studied for my test and they would laugh <laughs> every time. And what I meant by that was in my outside life, I always used condoms. In my onset life, we didn't use condoms that we were tested. And when I would be with guys on my outside life who would question why I want to use a condom, I'm testing. I'm like, well, you're not. And if you want to show up with a test, then we can have sex without a condom. But here's the thing. If I have sex with you and bring something to someone else in my business, that's someone else in my world. I can't take that. When you say people you trust, most people really probably don't understand what we mean. You get to know your performers that you work with in the adult industry. You get to know what their lifestyle is about. Are they partiers? Do they go out? And I would say it's 50-50. There's a lot of people that just go to the gym every day, do their scene, go home. You know, and those are you and I would be down that category. Then there's people that at any given time, you can go to the rainbow room and they're there. And you're like, yeah, never worked with that guy again. It's uh, yeah, that's you. You just you literally just nailed it. I've been watching people too online. It's like, okay, you're shooting with like five different people in a week. Do I think that you've tested for COVID every time? Five times, no. I'm going to film with you? No, I'm not. And it sucks. I wish things could be business as usual, but they're not. I have to be so cognizant of, that's why, like I said, I've only chosen three people and that's it. And it is what it is. And like, I don't want, like I said, I don't want to be filming so much and so such a crunch, but it's necessary and it's fine. You know, you adapt, you evolve and you move on. Like what else am I going to do? You know? And you're not forcing the issue. The reason you're doing it this way is because you still want to be in control of the scenario. You're producing the stuff yourself. You're able to do it at your home, which you know is clean and safe. Even renting a location now would be a risk. You know, there were more people in there, but social media is like so tough because you try not to troll talent in the industry to see what they're up to, but then you see what they're up to. I remember a girl showed up one day, like two hours late. She had just come from a rave in Palm Springs. And when she showed up, she still had the paper bracelet on and it had not been washed yet. Right. So I went to the director and I was like, buddy, listen, we have to throw this girl in the shower. Cause I'm certain she didn't shower. I mean, come on. She still has the paper bracelet on for the rave. You want me to work with her right now? Right. It was one of those locations that just has the fake shower with cold water. Yep. That girl had to take the cold shower. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Same though, you know, like, come on. And also like, that's not okay. Like if you have work, do your fucking job and show up like normal and yeah. 
put your rave after when you don't have work the next Probably day. don't take the shoot the night at the day after the rave. Pretty, that's, that's, that's just to do that. Okay. Because you want to recover, maybe go to Denny's. You know what I mean? Do whatever you want to do yeah. as you're coming back down from such a great event. Milk it for a while. Just don't show up and set. You also really like to travel. And I'm sure you're feeling like me. I'm a little bit held back. And I know that at the beginning of COVID, you actually went to the countryside and just kind of went on lockdown in the middle of nowhere. And I thought it was so envious of you. How long were you in the middle of nowhere? It was like upstate New York, correct? Yeah, yeah. I was there for three months. It was right when COVID hit. And I went with a really good friend of mine, also my business manager. And he's like, it was one of those things where we didn't know what was happening. Sure. And so, California so- wasn't hit bad yet. So you didn't know. Right. And the thing, the biggest thing, the the thing that really set, and I'm like a very like, you know, if something's not right, I'm out. Like I don't wait around. I don't dilly dally. I don't dawdle. <laughs> oh, we're, we're packing. We're going. I tried to order groceries from Instacart and it's had a five day ETA. I was like, we're out. Good. I gotta go. <laughs> I left for three months, hunkered down. He, uh, his family had a place in New York, came back and having been gone for that long, three months, and my business was still, it was actually doing better than ever, OnlyFans. And I was like, okay, now I'm in this, I'm in this house, I'm in this box, can't go anywhere, can't really see anyone. I kind of feel like a hamster because I have my spin bike and like some artificial turf on my balcony. I didn't like it. I was yeah. like, I'm not. You felt trapped. This. So then I left again after a couple months, had the same revelation. And I'm like, I really need some nature. I'm a country girl. I'm not down with the city vibe anymore because it's like, again, I was in and out before and now I'm not in and out. I'm just in. And I'm like, it's totally different. And also everything happened at different times, right? Um, New York was hit so bad. So for us, it was so devastating right away, but LA, it took a bit longer, I think for people to take it seriously, or maybe for it to really the numbers to climb or the testing to climb. So I'm sure after that three months, you went back and it was starting to peak and you were seeing that everybody in LA, like all my friends that are telling me like, it's so strange, but everyone's just resisting this year. And, and there's gyms that are open and they're just paying the fine every day. Like everybody's just like, ah, you know, we're not really buying into this. It was so, it was literally like that. And I got, I'm not going to lie. Like I, and I'm like, you know, I'm pretty tough. I'm like strong. I can power through anything. I had a really hard time adjusting because I would go out for a run and there's people like in groups clustered talking, no masks on. <laughs> I can like, it ain't no thing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then I was like, am I, I had friends hitting me up like, Hey, come hang. We have a bunch of people hanging out. Don't let the media scare you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> gaslighting me. I'm not stupid. I'm listening to what scientists are saying. I'm, I'm looking at Silicon Valley. If they're telling people to stay the fuck home till 2021, why don't I listen to the smart people? Like I'm not going to go about life as usual because it's not as usual. It's no. not business as usual, even though if you wanted to pretend like it is, it's not. It's so not. that, that really threw me off. And still, I think people are, uh, a lot of people I know are not just uh, resisting not so well. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead reason I'm really like it's like holy cow so did you find that when you were staying upstate and you actually had to go to the store or do anything people in a smaller town were a little bit more cognizant everybody's wearing their masks and I found that too I went home to eastern Pennsylvania to visit my friends from high school and 
people were just totally chill about it, but just doing, you know, the right thing and just being really considerate. And like, I went into a gas station and I remember the other guy that was going to go and he just waited outside for me to be done with my transaction. I was like, wow, you're not going to get it stand on the dot four feet behind me. You know, he waited outside. So it's interesting to see the mindset in different places, but I do think nature brings out the best in people. Um, one of the things I do on my podcast is I collect these ask Lisa Ann emails and I have a friend come on and read me these ridiculous questions, but this is a, a girl writing a question about her boyfriend. So I wanted to read this one to you. So you and I could talk about it because a guy reading me, this is not going to give me the same advice. And you may have a good answer for our friend, Julia, who is going to listen. And I think she'd like to hear from both of us. Says, hey, Lisa, I'm not sure if you're still doing your Q&As, but I have a scenario for you. I, 27, female, found out my boyfriend, 33, male, watches porn. Great punctuation. Julia has her shit together, okay? You know, kids don't want to use periods or put anything in detail anymore. I am absolutely not bothered by the fact that he watches porn. I've even suggested we watch it together because I think that would be so much fun. He loves your videos too. However, he's really opposed to me watching it myself. He's even remarked that he finds stimulating the clitoris and female masturbation disgusting, even though that's much of what he watches. I have a very high sex drive sometimes, so I have to go and rub one out privately because he doesn't like to get me off very much and gets upset when I do so. Male masturbation is okay, totally okay to him. Any insight from the female perspective would be greatly appreciated. I know he sounds like kind of a bonehead, but he's actually a really great boyfriend. We have an awesome sex life, aside from me feeling deprived of orgasms. I still enjoy the act of giving, and that in itself turns me on immensely, but I feel like I'm missing out. In those few and far between times he gets me off, he's amazing at it. I think he finds the whole concept of the female orgasm and squirting to be off-putting in real life, but stimulating in porn because there's no mess. It also bothers him when I try to get myself off when we're having sex. Is there any way I could make him feel more comfortable with my needs and watching porn together? There's a lot to unpack there. Lots of that. I know the honest answer. I know if you wanted to give a straight up answer right now, you would give the answer that I said out loud as I read this email for my first time. But then she put in, he's actually a really great boyfriend. So my response to dump the guy just wasn't, you know, isn't really justified here because she's looking at the total package and that everybody has trade-offs, right? And eventually you get to a point in life where maybe sex isn't the number one most important thing. And the fact that he's a good boyfriend is still going to be a very important thing, but he sounds a bit selfish to me. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like I'm a very blunt person and girl, I would say to dump his ass because fuck that. Like, <laughs> like, again, like everything is, you're right. Like people do have different priorities. Sure. Everyone's relationships look different, but Sounds like a hypocrite. It does. And I would say dump his ass too, but I want to try to make this work for Julia. But I've been in this boat where I've had conversations with other friends and 
there's something that's very disconnected with some men that when they watch porn that they don't want to bring into, it's kind of like that mother Teresa syndrome, right? They don't want to bring it into their real relationship. It's like their thing, but the not stimulating her and making her come could make her a very aggressive woman one day. And Julia could take down this boyfriend and be on the news. We don't want that for Julia either. <laughs> we don't want that for Julia. We don't want that for Julia because she wrote such a well-written and lovely email. I mean, I think I think he's just got to be more open-minded. And look, relationships are a two-way street. And I think he does sound like he's being selfish. And she, they they do. He needs to he needs to watch some porn with his woman and see that it's not as bad as it sounds. He needs to get her off and see and understand that it's actually a lot of fun. Like, I don't know what this guy's deal is, but it's I think too, Julia and her boyfriend would be great candidates for a sex therapist. Yes. And a couple of years back, I sent two friends of mine to a sex therapist because they were just in a crazy rut. And I was like, why not try this? Why not learn? Because this is the person that is going to decipher what is going on in your mind that is creating a sexual roadblock. And it really, just the step of going, I think was the first thing for them because it made them really excited that they were taking time out of their important and busy lives to learn more about each other and get past this together instead of us always saying breaking up is the issue. But I think Julia and her guy could really benefit from a sex therapist. And this is someone who can break down where do these thoughts come from and why are they connected to these thoughts? Because people have a weird connection to porn. You know, porn stars. We have this like people look at you in a, in a very tilted way. Like it's just baffling to them that you walk the street like a normal human being like oh my god oh, oh my god she deserves no rights you know <laughs> what like, is she thinking you're a real person i've had that i'm sure you've had that happen many times it's like oh my god I i'm sorry i'm so choked up because you're like real and in, in, in my face i was like yeah i'm i'm real i'm a human you know but uh, i totally agree with you i actually think that is a really good idea a sex therapist totally. i think a sex therapist and i think sex is an important part of a relationship that is just as as important to work on as your communication your because it's going to be the connection it's going to be the glue now you and i both kind of roll in the like single kind of scenario uh there were times when when this first started when quarantine first started i said to my friends i'm like i bet i bet this is going to be a test of your relationship you guys are going to have to be together all the time. Like, this is going to be a test. What are you guys going to do? When are you going to get private time? Like, yeah. this is, and, and this is a time where I think it brought a lot of people really closer. And I'm sure we, we saw some celebrities announcing divorces. We've seen this on TV, right? But as for people, you know, understanding that your connection is so important and working on it. So Julia, I didn't want to make this the Ask Lisa Ann is kind of a little bit more fun. Like I usually end it with like one of the most ridiculous emails. Do you have an open email box where you get random shit from fans? You know what? All emails go to my management team. Oh, good. So they get all the random <laughs> shit. So there is a ton. There's like a vortex of like not every so often I'll get a Debbie, you know them, I'll get a text from Matt and he's like hey just wanted to pass this along to you and it's like this dude like from India like proposing marriage and like <laughs> lovely you know but 
<laughs> you kind of would like to meet the person that you might accept the proposal. Um, it, it's, it's bizarre, but it is a floodgate. And once you advertise the email, it just starts coming. I'm lucky. There's been some fans asking some cool questions, so I get to sprinkle them in. But with Julia, I thought we should handle this together. Allie, where can everybody find you, connect with you, enjoy your OnlyFans, your music? Yeah. Um, I, for my music, I'm on Spotify. It's Fancy Monster. That is our, our name. Such a great ADC name, Fancy yeah. Monster. <laughs> and then for me, for my world, uh, Instagram is at TheAlexLinks, A-L-I-X-L-Y-N-X. Twitter is at TheAlexLinks. Also, I am on YouTube.com slash AlexLinks, Facebook.com slash AlexLinks, and OnlyFans.com slash AlexLinks. How lucky were you to get your name at everything? Oh, well, someone owns AlexLinks.com and I was like, whatever. But yeah, I got my name in, in all the- Same all the with me. When when this all happened, LisaAnn.com was bought. First thing the guy did was say, give me a hundred grand for it. I'm like, yo, it's not that important. You know what I mean? Like right. he went down over the years, like 25 grand. And now he just lets it sit, right? Now That's he just keeps hard. paying for the renewal just because I would never give him the money for it, which is- it's just not worth the time to fight for it. There's no reason. There's like, no reason. Fans will go where you tell them to go. So like, but you came on the scene when all this had already happened. So I was already me, and all this happened. So like day one of Facebook, somebody already took Lisa, Ann. and I was like, huh. I guess I'll have to come up with something else. You know, you're not going to sit there and fight to get it back, but you were very lucky to get all of your stuff. And I'm really looking forward to when things open back up, you and I have big plans of some culture time to do some museums, to do some cool stuff together. And I'm really looking forward to that. It was so nice to spend some time with you today, my secret friends. I love talking to you on the phone and texting with you and just being a part of your life. You bring me so much happiness and joy. So thank you from the bottom Likewise, of my heart. Thanks girl. for joining. Likewise. Nice conversation today. Have a great rest of your day. Yes, you too. Here we are with the Ask Lisa Ann, the mailbag, the endless ridiculous that lands in my inbox. It is great to know so many people that are fond of me really have no clue about anything about me. None of this is going to fucking work, man. But yet I still get the emails and I'm thankful for them in a sense. Now this is finally, I'm reaping the rewards of the ridiculousness because we get to laugh at this and I get to share these with you, which is absolutely been, been a ton of fun. It's also been fun to invite friends and my friend that I'm bringing on today, you here in the morning, Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on Mad Dog Sports Radio. It is Scotty Messina on Twitter at the Scotty Moose. You are kind of Scotty, a pseudo celebrity. I feel I got you before things peak because there has been some serious action that has to do with PGA and your job where you moonlight. I call your pizza job, your moonlighting job. Okay. 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 Tell us what went down, how this all started, that a professional golfer was eating a slice of Sal's pizza from the box on a Barcel pizza review right after, right next to the trophy. So I work at a very popular pizza place in Westchester, New York, and the U.S. Open was at Wingsfoot Golf Club, which is in my town, the same town where the pizza place is. And before the tournament started this week, my boss delivered several pies to where the golfers were in the different hotels in, in the area. 
And Bryson DeChambeau, uh, I think it was Thursday before the tournament or even Wednesday, right? The day before the tournament started, he took a selfie with my boss's cousin and was like, Bryson DeChambeau is ready to go out there and like win the U.S. Open or something like that. And so and then I comment on, on the uh, Sal's Pizza Instagram page. And so then I commented on that. I was like, oh, he's, go, he's ready to win it all now. And of course, what ends up happening? Bryson freaking... He freaking wins it, and Sal's delivers pizza to Wingfoot Golf Club again. And what does Bryson do? He does a he does a pizza review uh, with the regular pie from Sal's. And uh, Dave Portnoy has done a pizza review there before. I was there that day when he did it, and he gave us a seven seven, a little low in my <laughs> estimation. But Bryson <laughs> gave us an eight point eight. All right. Well, I would take Bryson's here. So the champ nailed it. He well, did an amazing job winning it all, and then an even better job, I think, in giving us an awesome pizza review. So, really good pub for the for the pizza. Really spot. good pub for your spot makes me really happy. Listen, I watch the whole tournament. I watch every golf tournament. Most people know that, uh, but I will say that when Bryson goes to putt, it makes me the most anxious. Like it's the only time my neighbors are probably going to call down to the lobby and complain about me because I get up, I stand in front of my big TV, I breathe very gingerly, like I don't want to inhale or exhale, cause any movement of the ball, like I can through my TV. And then he makes it in and makes some like loop de loo. There was one on Saturday. <laughs> that looped around i was like oh my gosh this is reminiscent of Kyrie in the finals like how many times is it going to go around before it goes in it's been a, a great ride with bryson but let's get to the ask lisa and because i'm sure reporters are reaching out to you left and right you're busy oh, today i'm booked you know I mean, doing interviews so the time doesn't mean <laughs> i'm busy all day so you'll read the question and we'll discuss the answer so so this first one is from justin sparks he goes hello i'm just wondering if you'd meet up with fans for a physical experience. Now, I don't feel I have a lot of detail here. I'm wondering, does he mean like cornhole? Does he mean like a best of three horse? When I see physical experience, I think fitness. What do you think, Scotty? I mean, you think he means something else or do you think he wants to play a sport with me? I think, I mean, <laughs> maybe he could mean something else, but it, for our purposes, it, it's, it's got to be a sport thing. Maybe, a, maybe an in-person fantasy draft. Ooh. or something like that. I don't think he's smart enough to play fantasy football. I'm just <laughs> saying. So I, 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 I think I would do very well. Two things I was good at as a kid, playing quates, which is such a Pennsylvania thing. You ever play quates? It's similar to cornhole, but it's on a slate. Uh, has a ring, has a steel thing that comes up and these really heavy round quates. You try and, of course, get a hole in one, but you get points as it goes around the ring. Then I saw cornhole. I was like, this is way easier. Uh, but grew up doing that. And then also, second thing I was very good at, believe it or not, was playing basketball. I played all through high school. I mean, it's girls go. basketball. We were only so good. Lots of jump yeah. balls. Oh, all right, next. Killing the lobsters. <laughs> oh, yeah, the lobster. <laughs> Scott loves this story. So we should bring it on the pod. We should bring it on right now. So... When I was a kid and we were going to make lobster, we would put the live lobsters on the kitchen floor, okay? And we would race the lost lobster. And it would kind of like winner takes all. Like, you know, loser goes in the pot first or winner goes in the pot first because they're alive. Why don't you play with them? Scott thought this was the most traumatic thing he'd ever heard. And the listeners on Mad Dog really let me have it on social media. Maybe it's white trash. I don't know. It's a Pennsylvania thing that we did. We, I would whip mine with a towel just to see if I could get it to go faster because I was very competitive. You know what I mean? I almost, I almost <laughs> called Peter right then. <laughs> Instead. Everyone who's listening, please don't call PETA on me. I don't do it anymore. I don't even eat lobster. So if it makes you feel any better, oh, I'm making up the last time. All right, next question. All right, this one's from Wade. 
He goes, I'm so glad you're bringing the podcast back. I was a subscriber from day one. As to my question, my favorite you is the dorky slash nerdy you. So I really want to know if you could travel in time and visit any place or event or talk to one person, what or who would it be? Wade Young in Georgia. This is easy for me. I would go back to the 50s. I would be Frank Sinatra's best friend. I would hang out with the Rat Pack and I would actually live in an era where men wore top hats and women wore like glamorous clothes everywhere. They went gloves and hats and the jewels. And like that to me is the most incredible era. And I also think in the fifties, it was right after the war, people were a lot kinder. Life was just really coming back together. And there was just this sense of celebration. And I think Frank Sinatra probably had more fun than anyone of his generation. It's not a bad, that's not a bad time. I mean, I love the history and the idea of living in other, uh, decades so where would you go like back the, roaring, the 20s sounded like a good time i guess before yeah before the depression the roaring 20s when everything was i kind of want a car though you know what I'm saying like a, there's things that you didn't have in the 20s like a right, phone yeah. you know i still would have a phone no phones <laughs> in the 50s i guess you yeah, there were house phones in the there 50s, were house phones yeah that's true <laughs> on the that's wall <laughs> okay next ready for the next one yep all right this one's from edward he goes lisa what is the key to your heart what's your definition of a perfect date night can you and me make it happen after the pandemic ends? Hang out about me. My name is Edward. I live in Los Angeles. Right here. This is a trick question. I see what this guy is doing. He's baiting me. He is baiting me to lay out the perfect date that then he can offer me because he wants to go out with me. I'm no fool here. Okay, Edward, I'm sorry. I don't date strangers. I know that sounds wild, uh, but I don't date strangers. And the key to my heart is someone that I meet that there's some physical connection. Like we, we have, we actually see each other in person. It's not very one-sided. I don't really want to go out with a fan who's like, ha has watched tape for endless hours. Like Babs. Did you ever see Babs is single? Imagine we go out. I can't go out with Babs. He's watched 500 to a thousand hours of tape. He would, he would yeah. know things that I, I'm like not ready for somebody to know. So <laughs> sorry, Edward, no bueno. All right. From Edward to Edwin. He goes, what are the big changes? What are the, the, the grammar in these, the, no. the, in these emails is horrendous. Is, you have no idea. Sound I, like some idiot. of them, I need a decoder ring. I, I, when I first read them, there's probably 50 I just delete because there's no way I can even put the pieces together. Not, most of them don't even have capital letters at the beginning of the sentence. No punctuation. It's a blob of words. And sometimes yeah. the whole question is in the subject and the it's body true. is blank. Yeah, so like this, I, I hate when I get those types of emails. Anyway, so what are the big changes that you saw from the time you started to today in the industry? The biggest change was the internet. You know, once the internet broke free, everything in the business changed from the amount of content that was needed, from the fact that a girl never had any more personal value. She fit into a, a niche, you know, whether your whole categories changed. Like you went from being you as a brand name. Okay, Lisa Ann, we want to have Lisa Ann in this. Like we need a brunette with big boobs, with big butt that's not tall, or we need young girl, or we need this. So that really changed how we were looked at. And it also changed the quality of the product because everybody was trying to churn it out. I can remember 2005 to 2010, companies were shooting like 50 scenes a week because they wanted to just capitalize. And, and, and some of them, of course, went bankrupt doing it because they couldn't get the concept up fast enough, right? And everybody was just shooting. It was so at raced pace. Um, that really changed everything. And then also 
the access to you. You know, when it was on VHS and DVD, it was very different. It wasn't as easy for people to get. So not everybody had it constantly at their disposal. So there was less access. So the internet was the biggest change. Makes a lot of sense. Next one here is from Jeff. He goes, Lisa Ann, I'm almost done with your book, which you autographed for me. Thanks for that. My question is, how on earth do those guys last so long for porn, especially when they had a hot woman like you? I mean, I understand some last longer than others, but 25 minutes of oral sex and still going must be a secret. Thanks and take care and stay safe. It started off so nice. Hey, oh, this is nothing. <laughs> this is not. Jeff, I'm going to explain to the world PEDs, just like in baseball, <laughs> just like in football, PEDs. Most of these guys are taking PEDs, whether it's Viagra, uh, whether it's uh, injections. Some guys actually inject their unit, guys. Yes, they do. And it keeps it hard for two, three hours. Uh, you do, though, have to be in good shape to be able to have the endurance to, you know, do a scene for 25, 30 minutes. Like, even if Babs took a Viagra, it doesn't mean he'd be able to last for 35 minutes because he'd be out of breath. You know what I'm saying? He'd be, like, sweating profusely. But oh, yeah. here's a trick. Uh, when guys take specific, there's certain types of Viagra, and some of these guys would take these, like, black pills that they get from, like, Brazil. And when they would take them, first of all, their heart would start beating so loud that you could hear it when the room was silent for the cameras to be on and they get really flushed. So if you ever see a guy in a movie that's like beat red, really red, you're like PEDs right there. So don't feel bad guys out there. It is all about the additives. Two more. Yes. The second to last one is from Steven. Good afternoon to you, Lisa. I'm definitely a fan. I was wondering how is life after porn? Are you married? Have kids? How has your life changed? Thank you. Uh, not married. I tried that in my twenties. It didn't stick. We're still good friends. I might do it again. I'm not, I'm not, not opposed. Uh, kids, um, not my jam. I always looked in like a really bad investment, like a boat. You know what I mean? You never know. Your own kids can murder you. Let's face it. I read a lot of news and I have another girlfriend who doesn't want kids. And every day we're sharing stories of like kids that kill their parents. I know it's awful, but your own kids can turn on you. And I was not a model child. And so when I looked at the torment, I mean, my dad had to drive from Easton, Pennsylvania to Seaside Heights to pick me up out of jail when I was like, just turned 16. Um, you know, you do things like that to your parents. You realize that your own children could do those things to you. So no kids for me. Uh, life after porn is definitely more creative. It's more fun. I loved all of the travel that I got to do because I met so many cool people that now when I travel and get to do other things, I have connections everywhere. Um, when I say it's more fun, it's more fun in a different way. It's a, it's a different kind of creativity, whereas being in the business was just fun because I got to live life kind of as a rock star everywhere I went. And that was pretty awesome. I couldn't have done it forever, but it was awesome. Last but not least, you're going to love. Oh, I mean, this one, <laughs> this, this one by Dan is just <laughs> quick and to the point. And by the way, please, before you say it, is there any capitalization or punctuation? No, no. The first letter <laughs> is lowercase. The I in it is lowercase. There's no period at the end. Not even no an exclamation mark. mark. <laughs> I, think it's, I, I, no, I think it's just a statement somehow, although you can't read it like one. Okay, so what does it so say? Dan, Dan says very promptly, how can I fuck you? 
Dan sends an email that says, how can I fuck you? No capitals, no punctuation, no question mark. Um, when I wrote notes, I wrote boom as that being the last one, because I always like to end the emails on the boom because this message by Dan, I get a hundred to 200 of these a day. People asking me the exact same question. It's kind of repetitive. Some of them do emphasize some put a question mark, but yeah, there's a lot of that. And I thought that'd be the perfect way because Dan can't, he knows he can't. It's not just the punctuation. Uh, it's the actual aggressiveness of the question. There's no niceties, you know, hello, Lisa, how are you? What's new with you? You know, something like a buildup. There was nothing just like brief the, into the, the it point. It was like the, the one, a couple questions ago, it started off so nice and then he just <laughs> unraveled into something weird. A uh, Babs got to read one where a guy wanted to pay me handsomely for me to pee on him. <laughs> it wasn't Odell, right? He loved it. Oh my God. Well, Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're riding high and uh, don't get too big for us down here never. Uh, oh, with no, your never. celebrity Stop pizza it. stop, you know. And listen, we work together next Monday, so I'll be yes. there with you. Yes. yes. It's uh, Yom Kippur and the guys are off. Oh, is that why? The third Jew on the show needs to work. So All right. That's good. I'll be doing it with you. So have a great rest of your day. Right, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am absolutely loving carving out time to share with you every week. If you're loving the podcast as much as I'm loving bringing it to you, make sure you rate, maybe write me a review, but most important, subscribe. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Lisa Ann Experience.